1: My name is Rich Schmidt, I'm here with Aurelian Labros. Uh, it's August 15th, 2022. We're at the Groshaw Tasting Room in Amity. Aurelian, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, first question to get you started is why wine?
2: So why wine? Uh, probably because of two things, which are like nature and food. Uh, when I was like a young girl, I wanted to be a chef. Uh, and i think at the time uh, i was like it was about being 15 16 and it was like that was a big move to come with that and uh, i don't think i was ready uh, so i did other thing uh, and uh, and i think i and now i end up making wine which is like very similar to to me it's like cooking, it's exactly the same thing, uh, which has also this very like uh, important uh, connection with nature. Uh, I grew up in southern Burgundy, uh, in a village of about 400 people. Uh, So, like in the middle of the countryside, and I spent all my childhood in the countryside, uh, and bouncing between like my parents' house and being at uh, my grandparents' house, like little farm, and we had like, well, I mean, gardening and just cooking, and like every everything was just like it has been a big part of my uh, of my uh, early life, mm-hmm. uh, and so food through my, especially my grandma and my mom. I mean, I started like I think I was just like about 10, starting, I think I remember 12 making my first like dish and just like plating it and bringing it to my family and i think it was like vivo (laughs) eggs i was so proud and i was just like you know cleaning the plate and everything so it's just like food has always been i think like a an engine of motivation for and for creation and outlet for creativity as well Uh, and so that was one of early on something that really interested me and uh and after yet nature it's just like i'm love being outside uh like i mentioned i've been just like running around like when i was a kid like outside and in the countryside between more fields than vines i'm the first one making wine commercially uh in my family uh, but like my great-grandparents and uh, everybody around we had vineyard like like that now i've been like ripped off but everybody was making their wine so and, and, and wine was always part of food also. I mean, gastronomy and just like the pleasure of the table too. Uh, we we, are, we have a big family and so uh, we were not necessarily, I think like wine aficionados, but we always had like an appreciation for, for wine. And, uh, and we always had, we had a little cellar, my parents had a cellar. And I think I learned, I, I started to learn more with my uh, oldest brother. That really got into food and into wine uh, and so it really poked my interest um, but it kind of like it was in standby for a few years uh, until I started my first studies were in communication and marketing and uh, after a few years I had like kind of like two directions it was like banking or distribution and I was like I'm, that's not going to work <laughs> Because that I, I don't think that's that's for me. Uh, I had like I, I learned a lot of things that now in, ret- in retrospect are very useful for what I'm doing, and I'm very grateful. I actually went through this path, uh, and at the time when I arrived at this at this moment, I had like one of my teachers. She was like the the, the director of a of another degree that was like actually just like the sales, communication, and marketing, but dedicated to the wine industry and wine products mm-hmm. and I was like this makes more sense. Uh, and uh, so I did that and that was kind of my first introduction really a little bit more in, in depth with, uh, with wine uh, and we started like I was in, uh, in, uh, in Burgundy still at the time. Uh, and so I had the chance to have like uh, terroir courses with like uh, Jacques Rigo, for example uh, with one of the summits about like terroir, I mean worldwide and I think when I just my first class with him I was like whoa this is amazing because I always loved this story too and it's just like I, I figured out that it's just like there is science, uh, there is history and there is just crafting and it's all here together uh, but I was not quite yet in like in the production mindset, uh, so I started to work for a small estate after my degree in Burgundy, where I was doing some uh, import and export. Um, but they were so they were in south, just near Meursault, uh, Domaine Alexandre, and uh, well they were a very small estate, So I was doing sales and export, but I was giving a hand in the cellar sometime and I went and I started working there like during the summer, like leaf pulling and some little things like we need some help. Do you mind if coming? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go in the vineyard. And at the end of my uh, of my time with them, I was like, my contract was finishing in August, I think. I was like, do you mind? I like to stay for harvest. Uh, and this was back in harvest 20, 2008. Yeah. And so I did my first harvest with them in 2008 and a week in, I was like, that's it. And just like, I don't want to just sell it and talk about it. I, I want to make it because this is just like, it just like connected like right away. It's just like the combination of a lot of different things that I really like and love and I'm passionate about. So right after that, in a way, I went to Chile like uh, contacted my cousin lived in Chile for about 10 years and a friend of his Louis Antoine uh, was making wine over there and uh, and so I had, I was done with my contract done with harvest and uh, I was beginning to think about I want to go and learn more in depth uh, and uh, I enrolled in Bordeaux School of Wine uh, and I was starting in 2009, my uh, the school, but I had this like six months, and I was like, well, I should just like you know have this six months, and I want to just take the opportunity to maybe do a har- second harvest like somewhere else. So I went to Chile, and I did uh, I did harvest uh, with Louis Antoine, uh, who was like training Beaujolais with like Marcel Lapierre, a very more like quote-unquote natural wine I don't like the term natural wine because it doesn't mean much to me Uh, I'll come back to that later (laughs) Uh, but it's uh, that was my first really also experience in making wine with just only solely working with the grapes and really being non-interventionist but paying so much attention and I was in a it was my first like really big Trip uh, also like I mean I went like in Chile it was an amazing experience but I really dived into okay being like really opening up your senses and just really using your best tool which is your body uh, and. Uh, and after that, I came back in France, went to Bordeaux. I was the only one from Burgundy in my, in my class. And uh, I will remember always like what I was told at first, like, oh, we love Burgundy, but we prefer wine. <laughs> and it was like, there is always this like, little like, rivality between Bordeaux and Burgundy. And I have still a lot of friends back in Bordeaux. I had like amazing years over there. Uh, but I went through from starting in the wine industry and in production uh, going without the book. And I went in Bordeaux where I, I learned everything according to the traditional way and according to the Bordelais way uh, with uh, you know everything you have to know to make good wines. And I remember having a lot of Discussion and argument with my uh, with my winemaking teacher because I was just coming back from Chile where we are not adding yeast we are not adding anything no addition and we made delicious wines and uh, and here we were like going through the protocols and every time I was like uh, I think we can do it also differently and uh, and so yeah it took a few months before we. Find a good place to have like a constructive, like relationship, uh, but she ended up being the one following me for my like uh, end of uh, end of uh, end of my degree like um, report mm-hmm. uh, in winemaking. So it all ended well, but uh, every time she, she was, we were going through a new thing. She was looking at me with the hope I was not going to say something, and I was always saying something. Uh, and so it made it for very interesting. I mean, couple years in in winemaking courses, um, but um, yeah, that's. Uh, I I, I went far back but that's that's why wine it's just like yeah the food started and it's just like the nature and and after I just like all I mean my first harvest were like the confirmation that I really wanted to do that uh, more than just like um, yeah talking and selling and I I don't I didn't want to just be around it I wanted to be part of it and from the vineyard to the winemaking like fully so you mentioned
1: the being, you mentioned that part of like kind of right away and harvest. Can you can you describe what it was about your first harvest that was so like captivating? Like why you wanted, what what was it about the work? What was it about the atmosphere that made you want to do that for good?
2: So I remember, uh, so at this estate, first harvest, uh, it was like, um, so the the dad and uh, and the son that were like the winemakers. I mean, the the, the son had like taken over but the dad was like at the time in his 80s was living 100 meters from the property so he was coming every day Uh, but like it was a very tiny cellar and it was like I think I remember even the first day I arrived I don't know what to expect really I had read and trying to prepare but like and there was two other people that were uh, working there as like full-time full-time employee and cellar people Uh, and I think we arrived and I think when I started just like to see there is something about the the intensity that just caught me because it was like, okay, the grapes are coming, the tractor is coming, we have like the grapes showing up and now it's like we started sorting and after it goes in the fermenters and the first day was just like, there is so many things. It's just like, I'm never going to get it. Uh, But I remember as soon as the fermentation started and I was showing up in the cellar in the morning, and even being just like in the in front of the building, it just like everything was smelling there was so much stimulation, and I think the overall just like uh I mean the stimulation were like really interesting to me, and I was seeing just like the wine in the making just right in front of my eyes Uh, and so and i was like beginning to grab and just like so there is a yeast there is that the temperature like oh yeah we are not just like going this is not like it's not a punch down we do like we do a pump over why do we do that Uh, this first harvest i was not so much involved in kind of just like testing a lot i was testing the fermenters but like I, I was so overwhelmed with everything else. It's just like I was focusing on that, but there is something that just like because uh, I knew a little bit the vineyards also already where the fruit was coming from, and I knew a little bit of the differences. So I realized also that like I was seeing the differences in the cellar, mm-hmm. so this continuity and this relation from from the vegetal to the beverage to the wine, I uh, was like. I can be part of that uh, and I can actually just like, um, yeah, I, I, I can be part of something which is way above and beyond just like the human person behind it. It's just like those vines were 40, 50 years old, just like so many people worked on them and I was here making wine and some wine that we going to be in bottle for. People are going to drink it still, probably in ten or twenty years, and uh, and again, that was another layer of just like being being just like here to help the wine being made, uh, but just like being only a part of something much bigger. Uh, and uh, and especially in Burgundy also I think we have a very different relationship to to wine uh, as a base of a culture too Uh, and uh, there is there is not a lot of ego so that's why we don't have winemaker is not the word there is no translation in French for winemaker uh, because oftentimes the people are vintner, and vintner is encompassing just the fact to grow the grapes and make the wine there's not this this, yeah this this separation uh, and uh, and so you can just you know a lot of people are just in the cellars and make the wine it's just like you you know who is behind it but there is not like there's no now it, it has been changing quite a bit you' always had like names and like people that you know and but there is a little bit yeah definitely less ego and uh, and uh, I thought like that was also leaving a lot of space for creativity without having to worry about just like what's around and just Mm -hmm. like focusing on just like trying to make the best wine Uh, but yeah this first like it was I I didn't ask myself twice I think it was just like okay so I'm going to do that where can I go and uh, and I didn't want to stay in Burgundy because I wanted to be out of a region with like rich region I love Burgundy and just like I love Pinot Noir, Pinot Noir from Burgundy have a very like uh, special spot in in my heart, but uh, I was like, "I want to start like looking at wine from different perspective, and that 's why I went to Bordeaux, uh, which was like a, a very interesting experience uh, because I ended up um, walking in Bordeaux uh, for uh, for a few vintages, but when I was in France, I focused mainly on vineyards. So I was working in the vineyard. I was making wine, but I was spending most of the time in the vineyards. Uh, And in Bordeaux, uh, I worked in Saint-Emilion and in Pauillac. uh, I was assistant uh, vineyard manager at Talbot. I I had like a whole year of just like working on 240 acres of a a beautiful property uh, where I gained like a lot of experience I was like twenty i was twenty three I think when I, I get got there and I had to deal with people that were like you know at the end of their career their parents had worked on the same property and uh for that too, it was very interesting because it taught me also that um, you don't become just like a a manager it's just like you you have to know and it's just like you have to work you have to know what you're doing and after it's a lot of like social interaction but it's just like you know it's people to people Uh, and this is something that i've i mean my dad had like his his company for he had this company for 35 years and i worked a lot with him he had employees too so uh, i always like I started working with him when I was like really young, Um, but I liked also what was in the wine industry too, and especially more in the vineyard because it's a hard work, very hard work, Uh, but there is a sense of I mean, accomplishment when you you know, you know take care of those vines that are going to be just their trees. And it's just like they're going to go way beyond you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So this to me was also something very important. Uh, I, I, I learned a lot from my experiences in the vineyards, uh, working with people, managing teams, because it always keeps you humble. And I think this is a base of what we are doing. And when, when you make wine, uh, you can have convictions, uh, but there is no certitude. And it's just like, uh, if you begin to have certitude and you think you just got it, it doesn't take long before you get a slap. And it's just like, whoop, what happened? Oh yeah, hail, frost, just like something happened. And it's just like, I mean, we can do only what we, what we can do. It's just like, there's a big part. Mother nature is always here and kind of like, that's what's going to guide the, the quality of, of, of what's going to be in the bottle uh, but it's uh, it, it's requiring uh, also to be in touch with yourself so to me making wine uh, is also a great like I mean it's I'm mean, going to learn for the rest of my life. I won't have enough of my lifetime to be good enough or to know enough about wine. I think so. That's also uh, it's like the the, the constant learning, uh, and it's a very you know at, uh, at time can be very it's very introspective too. Uh, so that's uh, also something that um, I I really I really appreciate. Uh, it's uh, because yeah we. Sometimes you test the wine and it's like you're off and you're not in a good mood and it's just like you it's like okay let's at first you're like what's going on it's just like this was a great wine it's just like that's why we put it together and it's just like say and with time you're like okay we'll come back to it it's not going to go anywhere uh, it's just I'm just off and it's just uh, so it's uh, it's also this big part of 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 what's behind like wine and you know vineyard I say wine but Wine to me is wine and vines, and vineyard and winery. It's it's a whole. It's the same thing. So it's just like yeah, something which is very human at the at the root, Uh, and uh, and it's about transmission too. Uh, It's about also community and uh, and talking. uh, I mean, I had the chance to to talk with people that just in the very non-scientific ways like taught me the best thing I know as of today to make wine and like I mentioned earlier just uh, our body is our best tool and just you know when in back in Burgundy when the Cistercian monks in the 12th century delimited called like, the claw and the different climate in Burgundy they didn't have like analysis. they didn't have like any of the technology we can have today but they were able to see where the birds were coming and eating more grapes, well, like some of the weeds or like the, some of the grass that were growing in some places. And there is some, some appellation, some, uh, some blocks that after doing soil analysis, they were on. So it's just like, it, uh, it, it, to me, it's, uh, I have this little book, uh, which is like 50 pages, uh, that I got after my first class with Jacques Rigo in, in Burgundy, at the University of Burgundy, and every, before every harvest I read it. Every, every year uh, because it's just, uh, this monk is just saying like the Pinot Noir of Burgundy and just like how, how to make it. And it's, it's crazy then between the 12th century and the 21st century, 75% of what's in this book, it's just like how we make wine still. Um, I think we are getting more and more in the details Sometimes we are losing ourselves in like the detail because the more you know the more you want to know the more you can find some things that are not correct according to new standard and and so it's uh, to me it's yeah it, it, it's trying to you know there is like I think it's Yves Saint Laurent this French designer that said like you know st- fashion said Style is eternal. So when you can find a style, when you can find what's a proper way of expressing a terroir or a vineyard, it's just if you can find that, and you will always fine-tuning. It, but it's just like it may not please everybody, and you can't please everybody. At time it may be just like great, and at other it can be just good. But it's just it's about consistency and about like looking like with years after. Uh, and, uh, and that's something also that like through now, since I started like in know but like now 10 years in Oregon and just personally also in where I'm going, it's just like, I'm not chasing like fashion. By the time you try, you're already too late and just like six months is like going by the time because we always only make wine once a year so you only we only have one shot by the time you want to be fashionable there's enough ov- this is over and there's something else so it's just like yet it, it, it is just like and it's very difficult to just always be in just trying to be after something which is there is always there's already enough evolution in what we are doing uh, that I think it's already a full-time job to be consistent and to try to develop something that makes sense according to what you believe, your convictions, and the places, the vineyard you work with and the kind of wine you want to make. Uh, so it's, uh, I guess I'm getting wiser a little bit, uh, slowly, bit, bit per bit. <laughs> One
1: vintage at a time, right? <laughs> One vintage at a time, yeah. So take me through, you mentioned kind of the the the, the learning in Bordeaux, mm-hmm. um, tell me about uh, as you wrapped up your education in Bordeaux, what were you thinking about for your future? What, what, were you thinking you were going to start a brand? Were you thinking you were going to go travel? What were you kind of thinking at that point and what happened
2: next? So when I finished my uh, my studies in Bordeaux uh, in 2010, uh, I was looking, I needed more, exper- I needed to have more experience in the vineyards, I needed to see more of like different places and uh, from like what I learned uh, at school and I wanted to have different perspective uh, about winemaking too. And I, I'm i very much sure a visual person, visual memory and I need to be in and I I had like the door open to carry on my studies and maybe have like maybe have like a, a being carrying on in analogy and doing analogist of having a diploma of analog in france uh, but i was like i for now with like the degree i had i had i had everything i needed to be able to just take care of a vineyard and, and make wine uh, and so i was like i'm going to stop traveling and so i i went in 2010 i was in chile uh, no i was in sorry i was in israel uh, i was in israel i made wine in israel in uh, in 2010 uh, and it was a wonderful experience uh, i made uh, i made pinot i made Gewürztraminer, raminer uh, but like we were not making any chardonnay cabernet sauvignon uh, we did made some argaman at the estate I, w- I was uh, with. They, had like, they did trial for 10 years like with this variety and uh, they were not yet uh, at the point of releasing, but it was something they, they really liked and it was local and it was like, so I was part of that for this vintage. which was really interesting. Uh, and it's just like also, it's a place where there's you know a lot of things happening and that have been happening since decades Uh, so there is the culture the diversity and the richness it's just like really I think just migrating into the wine Uh, and I at the time, I was lucky to be in a winery where, uh, because I'm, I'm not Jewish, and, and, and so I was able to actually make wine uh, because most of the time, otherwise, you have to just, you can't touch the wine, you can't touch the tank, you can't touch the barrels and anything. Uh, I remember going one time where the, the winemaker at another winery was working with and had somebody following me, making sure just I was not touching anything. And I was like, he told me, you keep your hands in your pocket and we just go through. Uh, but, I, you know, we were making wine from vineyard at 800 meters of altitude in the Golan. Uh, we were making wine from, we had a few vineyards, like a little bit more in the south. Um, and, uh, and I discovered it's a fairly new industry, uh, I mean there was a lot of wine made like for like hundreds of years, but just like commercially it really started not that long ago. Uh, and it was just like... I mean, so everything was different. I mean, my hosts were speaking English, uh, but I learned, I started learning Hebrew. So I was writing on the tank, like in Hebrew, like and And just because I, I love languages too. And it was just like, I was making wine during the day and learning Hebrew at night. Uh, and, uh, and it was a wonderful experience. Uh, and so after that, I came back in Bordeaux uh, in the end, at the end of 2010. Uh, That's when I got hired at uh, Chateau Talbot uh, for helping the the vineyard manager to take care of the vineyard and uh, so I was there in 11 until, uh, until harvest of 11 and there I learned about Dealing with large crews too, because during the summer for leaf pulling, I mean, we had like 40 people. Uh, and it was like, you know, people from being 16 just starting as a summer job, and like the people from the estate also. So it was like, Go, go for it, it's just like we just need to be done by then and it's just like there's, a, there's 240 acres wherever you start but we need to be done by then and I was like okay, alright. Uh, so it was very challenging at first because I wanted to do everything you know just like the best I could but I quickly realized that taking care of the vineyard was the easy part. Just taking care of the fight and everything that was happening between the member of the crew was most of my job, uh, and this was a very grounding and like very good experience because as of today, I mean that's still something that just like uh, I keep with me in like like in the different job I had and the different teams I've been uh, I've been working with. Um, so yeah, Talbot was Talbo was a very interesting experience. Uh, Bordeaux was a very interesting experience. Uh, all together I mentioned that uh, I I went in school in in Bordeaux in 09 and 10 so I did like a uh, work and study program instead of doing the regular um, degree where you just go to school and do some internship I was working at the same time in a vineyard and I was in Saint-Emilion at uh, Chateau Fleur Cardinal uh, because I had like studied before I could just like uh, I didn't have to take like some, there was some basic classes I could just like weed out uh, so it was intense because I made it in a year and a half and sometimes it can take two two years and a half so I was just like studying and after going and working pruning uh, at the vineyard and going back to class and so I remember some in 09 during the winter uh, when I was pruning uh, I was just like getting up running coming back sleeping and start again and I did that for and I and I learned also that I mean I had worked in the field when I was when I was younger and helping but like it really showed me that like how hard it is to take care and to tend the vineyard and that it's something that you should not like overlook and uh, it just really like uh, I think set uh, like this level of respect for vineyard worker, for people that are actually just allowing us to make wine mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I never took that for granted and in every places I've worked I've tried uh, my best to always uh, always have like this respectful uh, and this uh, being grateful also for, for, for people that are if I'm not if not, I'm not part of them, if I'm not in the field, I always want to acknowledge and make sure that there's this acknowledgement of of the of the hard work uh, that is allowing us winemakers to to make wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so yeah, this was eleven albo and after my. My mom got really sick and so in 11, I moved back in Burgundy and, uh, to get closer. And I worked uh, at uh, Domaine uh, Guy and Yvan Dufouleur in the Nuit Saint-Georges. And uh, so yeah, this was like going back to Burgundy and just like in a very, we had like about, I think 40 acres uh, and a lot of tiny plots like everywhere. So it's just like, I remember like, it's like, oh, go to, Chambol, Musigny, and just like you'll see, you'll find it's like you take the first road, you go on the left, don't take, don't, don't go in those vines, they are not ours, <laughs> there's three vines, three row of vines that are ours, and after it's in the other side of the village, and I was like, I'm never going to get it, uh, because I, I came from just like everything was around the chateau in, in, in Talbot, and here it was Burgundy, it was just like here, there, there, and uh, and I remember like I, I did at some point, like started working and my colleague arrived and is like, you're working in the vines of the neighbor, so just come back here. Uh, <laughs> and just like, if you look at the wires, the way they tie it, that's not ours, that's theirs. Uh, so I came back in Burgundy and, uh, and I, I think after, I'm glad like I worked in Burgundy first for my first harvest but I was not really involved in the production as I was after going to Talbot and coming back to Burgundy Uh, and I think going back to Burgundy in 11 uh, I really had a better understanding of like what Burgundy wine and vineyard and what, what, what it meant to be making wine and growing grapes in Burgundy and it really my level of appreciation of like of, uh, of my region just like really just like went at an over level uh, and I think I it has I think from not from the get going but after this experience I knew that I wanted to one day plant my own vineyard that was going to be the ultimate goal uh, and it still uh, is as of today I know it's just uh, it's going to be it's 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 not happening yet but I've never been that close every day I'm getting closer to it uh, but it has always been something that like I know that and I knew that if I was going to get serious about wine I want to be able to tend the vineyard to plant the vineyard to find this location uh, maybe finding winery in production but like really just like having this deep connection from the vineyard mm. To the winemaking and so it's uh, it's I've been a lot of thinking through the years of just like where how uh, just which variety and it's just uh, I'm not I think my my uh, kind of my career I'm just like the way things have been going I realized that there's varietals I really like to work with I love Pinot uh, but to me the place is more important than really the varietal. Uh, if I find a, a place like a land uh, where I can see a potential for like the future, it doesn't matter if it's just like if I can make great Cabernet Franc, I will be very happy to be making Cabernet Franc, which is one of my favorite varieties. Uh, but uh, if I find a terroir for Pinot, I'll make Pinot. Uh, so it's about finding the place, and after finding. I mean, the variety to me is kind of like the catalyst of the terroir. So it's like finding what's the best tool to express the terroir. And so I, I got to, to be less like inclined to really focus on maybe just uh, only be working or saying, like, I will make Pinot Noir. I mean, the dream would be one day to be able to make Pinot Noir in Burgundy uh, and have a tiny plot of, of, of Burgundy Pinot Noir. Uh, but it's just, I mean, the It is challenging for many reasons, especially economically. I mean, it, it is just like the prices. I mean, by the time, I mean, everything is happening. If you are not living in Burgundy, it's really difficult to Know when things aren't getting to be sold or what, like when there is maybe somebody who has like vineyard for lease, or it's just like, yeah. And even when you are from this village and you go to the next village, you're already seen at the time, and I think it's still a little bit of that, you're already seen as a foreigner from village to village. So, me from Burgundy, now living in Oregon, coming back. It's just going to be like, yeah, a whole, it's going to take me like five years to be part of the community. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it's just a different dynamic. Um, and uh, so, 11, yeah, I went back to Burgundy and, uh, and in. I had been to Chile and Israel uh, but I wanted to have an experience in uh, in the states uh, being like on the west coast like California, Washington, Oregon I didn't know but I wanted to I I was hearing a lot about what was happening here and I was I I just want to go for harvest, Uh, just have an experience. I want to see and experience it. And I think that's just like, again, another another perspective on on wine, on vine growing, tending vineyard and and also making wine. So I applied uh, through, I don't know, I think maybe 10 or 15 vineyard at first. uh, And uh, in 12, so I I arrived here in August uh, 8th, 2012 and uh, I think it was in April 2012 I got like uh, somebody from Oregon contacted me because uh, I put like my resume in like some sites and and I look at the name of the it was Del or Vineyards like I don't know them and it was Southern Oregon I was like I didn't even know they were making wine in Southern Oregon <laughs> and the winemaker the head winemaker Jean-Michel so he's French and from uh, Muscadet and uh, we talked on the phone for an hour and at the end he was like if you want to come I mean uh, you'll be, I'll be happy to have you for harvest. So in August I was here in Southern Oregon and I was supposed to be there for six months and I stayed in Del Rio for seven years. Uh, so what was supposed to be just like an experience in the west coast in the USA became just like where well, my, my home is now uh, and, uh, and it was like wonderful seven years uh, where I went like again an experience of a very, I mean we had 12 different varietals on the estate. Uh, when I arrived we had 305 acres, uh, when I left we had like 400 and sixty two and two properties uh, so the the winery and the vineyards have been growing quite a bit uh, but through my my time over there and coming as just like a harvest assistant i I ended up just like being making the wine with jean michel like as a really a tight team the two of us and uh, and we did a lot of great things, uh, but I knew that at some point I was looking i wanted to reconcentrate on smaller scale and like uh, more of like maybe just like different expression of their war and not necessarily not having a large estate and uh, and so when I was beginning to think about like transition uh, I met, well I had, I had, uh, I had met um, John Groschow. Uh, in 2015, because he's making wine, and he has been making wine for Terry Sullivan at Upper Five in Talent, in Southern Oregon, since. I mean, he, he, sourced, he, he sourced fruit from him since 20. Not 2010. 2008 was the first, and he started making his wine since 2015. And Terry is a good friend, and uh, one time he actually—it was actually in 15—he asked me to uh, to come for their blending trials. So that's when I met John back in 15. Uh, I was still working at Del Rio, and um, and so we kept like seeing each other every so often. Mm-hmm. And I think when I was in transition in 2019 and I was, I was, I mean, I, I talked to Terry and I think he mentioned it to uh, to John and John contacted me and asked me if I would be interested to, um, to come help him and just make one here in the Willamette. Uh, and I was, well, let me think about it, but uh, it was kind of, to me, like a very... Easy transition because it was like going back to more Pinot Noir, but just like in a cooler climate. And just like I knew John was like had like very good relationship with great growers uh, and just like was making a lot of different interesting wines. Uh, but he was growing, uh, has been very successful, and so the company was growing, and so he needed help also. Uh, and I had like more experience in like larger, uh, larger. Um, well, larger facility, larger like vineyard and larger wineries. Mm-hmm. And so we were supposed to start in April of twenty twenty. Uh, and this got pushed to harvest of 2020 because I took like a, between December of ni- uh, 19, I took three months, I went back in France. And just when I came back to uh, something called COVID, I'm sure you heard of it, that happened. once or twice. Yeah. So I actually spent like the summer of 2020 helping a friend in a vineyard in, a, in the Southern Oregon, in Grants Pass. And uh, so I went back like, I was spraying, I was just like doing everything in the vineyard and for like over the summer. Uh, and I loved it. I was like, it feels good. Uh, it was hard, uh, but uh, but it was like really, it was it was really good. And after, it was kind of like re, because I had like spent so much time in winemaking at, at Del Rio and uh, Rob Wallace, uh, the owner is uh, the one taking care of the vineyard. And I mean, it's an estate, so we are, really into the vineyard but we are making a lot of wine so I did not have that much time to just like spend in the vineyard so this like few months during the season of 2020 in the vineyard in Southern Oregon uh, actually was um, refreshing and kind of like yeah set me set me back on just like okay having like all the basis and just like rethinking really more about vineyards. Uh, and I started in 2020 with John uh, and it was a very challenging vineyard uh, because here in Willamette Valley it was the first time I mean the the smoke effect taint uh, was like kind of on the mind of everybody and it's the first time that people had to deal with it uh, in southern Oregon we had like numerous vintages like last I mean in 18 in 17 in 14 13 uh, the big biscuit fire of 2002 I was not there uh, so I I had been through a few vintages with like smoke and uh, and I knew it was not going to be easy um, but I think part of the success for us in 2020 is like we knew we were going to have some smoke taint so from the get going and we knew we were going to make one. Uh, John and um, very proud of that and uh, didn't reject or didn't cancel any of his contracts. So we got all the fruit, we supported all our growers Uh, and we ended up, you know, doing a lot of, we declassified and just did more Willamette than just like over maybe single vineyard like we normally do. But we, uh, we made, you know, we made a lot of wine and it was a hard year because it required just like a constant work from the get going and after like when fermentation were well done we try to just like identify everything we did a lot of testing and just like okay let's try to rate all of the slots and trying to instead of being systematic let's try to approach differently uh, according to if it's like in aromatics or if it's in the mouth and uh, and let's try to let's try to kind of like treat the biggest problem uh, but not just like treat everything uniformly and I think that was because there is no silver bullet there is none and I don't think we are any any close to have any Uh, I think we can mitigate the effects and uh, and at the end of the day if there is any enough wine uh, and if you can preserve the fruit you can still make delicious wine you may not make wine that are going to be aging for a long time but you can still make good wines uh, but you have to get on it and you have to just like try to the earlier you walk the better it is the the wine has more uh, still more substance more potential uh, and uh, and is less fragile in the early stages Um, But yeah, that was my first vineyard. I had made wine like Willamette Valley Pinot Noir like for years, uh, like uh, for custom crush clients. But for my first vintage in Willamette Valley, it was 2020. And so when 2021 arrived, I was, we were just so happy to have so much fruit intensity and the wine were fresh and it was like, it's amazing. Uh, Everybody, I think every winemaker I've talked to, we are so pumped to just have so much expression of fruit. It was almost like a perfume. It was just like, it was like, whoa, that's so much. Uh, We've all challenges, but uh, I, think, uh, I think it was, uh, so I consider 2021 being my second vintage, being my first full vintage, being able to really dive in the different vineyard, the different specificity of the terroirs and being able, we are going to be Bottling next week, uh, some of our single vineyards. Uh, so I'm finishing to just like the last little fine tuning and kind of prepping them for bottling. Uh, and I'm very excited. We we made like really uh, really good wines, very interesting wine. Uh, and I'm really in. I'm. I'm I'm really excited about what we made in the Eola Amiti Hills. Uh, Most of our vineyards we work with are based in southern part of the valley in Eola Amiti. And I think they are, to me, what I love about Pinot, it's just like the more of the acidity, the complexity, the elegance. You can develop power if you want, if uh, but it's just like one that I really have a finesse and this red fruit, this red currant, red fruit characteristic that uh, I always loved in Pinot Noir back back home also, uh, and just like so, yeah, finesse and elegance, uh, and and I'm digging more and more, like those uh, those wine and those vineyards and I'm learning. I'm still learning about the vineyards and about uh, the specificities, the different between the elevation, between the, the layers of them. I mean, there's a lot of volcanic soil around here, uh, but there is just so many between the different like uh, aspect also of uh, it, it's just amazing. And I begin to kind of like really have some vineyards. Like I, I think I'm going to bug people until we can have access to this fruit. It's just like and for my and for my project it's just like also something where uh yeah i'm going to bug some people are going to get tired of me but like i get i'll get them i'll get them for my starting with one ton and a half and a little fermenter maybe uh, but yeah i think there is a lot of well potential the potential has been already just like um, shown and just like there is already a lot of great wines that have been here, made here uh, but I think uh, it shows also that with like the warm vintage we are having more and more of warm vintage. It's just like to me I believe and that's just my 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 way of looking at it but I think like EOLA can take the, the, the challenges of climate change somehow better, Uh, I think there's a lot of like higher elevation too and it's, uh, and you can see now like where the new properties are, new vineyards are getting planted, we're only getting higher uh, to, uh, to, I mean 10, 15 years ago it would have been, you're never going to get ripe and now it's just like you're going to be able to keep freshness and Still keep Pinot relevant, and and I think that's uh, the right direction, uh, and it's just like also a key to to kind of maintain making refreshing wine, refreshing Pinot. Uh, I'm 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 not interested in in. In Pinot, when it begins to be too dark, too rich, too, uh, too in pants, I, I am an acid freak. And so it's just like, I. I and that's the same way I approach white wines. Um, but for Pinot, it, it has to have like this like mouth-watering aspect and this like l- maybe lighter color. And, and that's the beauty of Pinot. It's sometimes you look in your glass and it's just like, well, there's no color. I mean, but then you put your nose in the glass and it's just like this, like intensity and those one can age also and it's just like so going against like some of the preconceived idea of just like the big wine will age it no it's just like it's it's just like finding the best way for just like it's pinot is to me like you need to it's in a crate and it's just like with pillows and it's just like you kind of like it's very temperamental and it's very fragile but it's just like you need to kind of hold it like and being very careful it can go sideways very easily um, but uh, it comes also from knowing the vineyards i think and kind of like approaching like you know between the whole cluster the stemming uh, and uh, and like the the kind of aging you are doing is it in tank is it in barrel? which barrel? is it pension? Uh we have been Starting using concrete uh, with John uh, for like Pinot Noir. Uh, we have more concrete coming this year. Uh, we are really excited about this, uh, these vessels, uh, and we have concrete eggs. We have like large fermenters because to us. Like last year, 2021 was, is a very generous vintage uh, with a lot of fruit intensity and like to me, a little bit of a lighter body, less less intensity of tannins. And we found that the concrete really helped to keep some vibrancy. And it's just kind of like encapsulating the freshness of the fruit uh, and kind of like giving a little bit of more of a, a tightness, just like to avoid the wine in warmer vintage sometimes to get a little bit loose. Uh, and it's more reductive uh, as well. Uh, and so we, we, yeah, we are buying another like large fermenter, and I think that's where we're going to go in the future, uh, because it does fit also the style of wine we are we are after, uh, those food-friendly wine, uh, vibrant with like uh, refreshing, fair amount of acidity, and just like trying to focus on on fruit, fruit freshness and intensity. Um,
1: So yeah. you've, you've worked a lot of places between Bordeaux and Burgundy, between Chile, Israel, Southern Oregon, Willamette Valley. Tell me a bit of a comparison. Where does wh- How does Willamette Valley compare to the rest in terms of the wines here, in terms of the, the people making them and the style? And, and what is it about here that has you excited?
2: Uh, so I think the wine in general, I mean, there is no secret recipe in wines. So it's just like we're not reinventing the wheel. Uh, so, you know, we are we are just like dealing with like fermentation and, you know, making uh, grape juice into wine. So it's just like from my, from my experiences, that's also what I, I, I saw and like where I am right now. It's just like if you tell me you have like those secrets and just like, I mean, to call BS on that. But uh, it's uh, it's uh, I think, yeah, through, my, through different regions and countries, I went to and made wine in uh, the culture. There's those different cultures that are so important into how people are just like looking at wine and what it means to make wine. Is it just like a job? Is it, uh, is it sometimes just like really something like you're carrying? Like when I was in Burgundy in in 2011, I worked with, for the Dufouleurs, they were the 14th generation. And it's just, they have been here forever. Uh, So it's just like uh, looking at wine, it's just like, I don't know, it's, it's second nature, it's, just, it's not a question, it's just like if, and it's just like, yeah, we're going to do it, and so it, it just really changed the perspective of just like, uh, about like how, it's not, you're not going to do a job, you're just like, you're waking up and going to make wine or going in the vineyards like you will be taking care of your property, taking care of your house. Uh, you will be just like, you, you cook, you make wine and you cook. You need to eat for to live and it's just like, well, it's kind of almost the same as just like we need to make wine because it's so part of our life. Uh, I think in, uh, in Bordeaux, you know, between Bordeaux and, and Burgundy, there is just like two different Approach, I would say, like there is a, the bourgeoisie of Burgundy, and there is the aristocracy of Bordeaux, uh, and uh, and I'm I'm not from the wine business, so I'm, I'm a very outsider. Uh, but it's just like there is a, definitely more of like a a, a country like. In a very positive way, just peasant way in Burgundy to be making wine, uh, when there is a, in Bordeaux it's a lot more of an establishment, mm-hmm. uh, and so there is also a lot more. It's it's less open to me. It was like I, I was very lucky to just like be part of those teams and those estates where I mean I had like great times, but I could feel the weight of you know the tradition and and so it was like you're not here you're not hit you're not you're not there yet it's just like it's going to take you some time and i had so much energy too and just like and i wanted to learn what i wanted to do and i, I thought like i was like i knew what i was doing too uh, so it's uh it's like kind of this makes me think of that because when i came back in burgundy in 11 uh, and after i worked at uh, du Fouleur, i applied in a few different estates and uh, there was one estate like a Famous and very good house, and uh, I was like, we are two. And the last, uh, and I was not like they didn't hire me because I was too young. Uh, I had more experience than the other person, but I was too young, and uh, this kind of like hit me. I was like, doesn't make any sense, and it's just like I was like, okay, I know I'm going to have to deal with that if I stay. Also in Burgundy, if I stay in Bordeaux, even though in Bordeaux, I had, I, f- I, I think like I would have had. Uh, more opportunities, more rapidly, Um, but it it, this like arrived and after I started traveling not really thinking about that but when I started to go and travel and I saw that just like it was like so much opportunity and it was about like wow I mean it's like you have the it's like okay let's do it and it's just like do you want to carry on it's just like there is much more we are making more wine we really like what you're doing and just like let's do it it was not like eh, how old are you and just like uh, for how long have you been doing that and it's just like no there was none of that and I think this came also in my travel to see that um, I learned through the very traditional way and I'm very grateful for that because it set some excellent basis for me to be making great wine and uh, being a, a great vintner uh, but uh, I was also through this those training and like those experiences back home uh, I felt that it was going to be a long way and I was re- I mean I was committed to the long way uh, but I thought that like I restraining my motivation was going to weigh on me quite a bit so when like I had opportunities abroad uh, I just like took them because I didn't feel the need to come back home uh, I could have I could have went back home and just like I'll be at, as of today i'll probably be more in a vineyard than making wine I'll be just like managing vineyard and making a little bit of wine but I think if I was going to go back and in France I'll just stay in the vineyard mm-hmm. uh, but there is a, yeah going back to to the original question about like different region and uh, I think it's yeah it's uh, the people that I met uh, the way of making uh, i would say from Having studied and learned in in Bordeaux, when I was in Israel, it was very Bordeaux-oriented. The techniques were like really, I mean, the variety are also just like more like Bordeaux-less varieties. Um, And so it was very close to Bordeaux somehow. When I arrived in Southern Oregon, I was like, I went to my first tasting. It was Oregon wine experience at the Mm -hmm. time. And I tested a range of wines and I was like, There's a lot of potential, but there's a lot of work to do. And it's just like, I was, uh, it's, I mean, that was was very stimulating for me. And it's just like, you know, those people starting having vineyard, uh, even though if Southern Oregon is just like, probably historically where like wine started in the state, uh, but it's a mosaic in Southern Oregon. And it's, I think the challenge and uh, for Southern Oregon as of today is to to be able to be a center of attention but uh, and being part of the map on the map, and there's some leading like uh, estates that are really just like going for the long term uh, I have friends that are really really making uh, really making great wines and are like so much involved in just like in, in vineyard and in viticulture at a very high level uh, so I have like I still keep Southern Oregon in the back of my mind because I know one day I think I will make wine from Southern Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but there is like, it was like going back to, it's open, everything is possible. When in, in back home, also it, you have to just like, you have right of plantation and it's just like, you, you can't, you can't plant Cabernet in Burgundy. Uh, you can, but it will be just like vin de France. Uh, and it's uh, so something I started to look at was like, I have all these experiences and I have this training and this knowledge uh, to make great wine. Uh, and I think here I can see that there is an open or a blank canvas and it's just like I will apply to myself the same standard and I do and I always did, like like if I was in French, in, in France, in Burgundy or in Bordeaux, under like the strict rules of the appellation and the AVA. But I can make Cabernet Franc and Gamay and Aligoté in like in in the same valley and, uh, and Southern Oregon was to me kind of like looking or just learning about what it is, what it is to be in like in a brand new region in something where things are really starting and just like there's this just like uh, and and people coming from everywhere Mm -hmm. just I'm from my seven my my seven years I've been seeing people a lot of people from California but from Europe as well so it begins to be this center of attention Uh, and I always had like a close eye on the Willamette Valley but uh, I think in the Willamette Valley and that's why I mean we moved here with my wife we we moved like full-time here uh, last August Uh, and uh, and I was like, I knew that there was this community in in uh, in, in, uh, in Willamette Valley that was also really, really strong. Uh, because when they started, there was just a handful of those people, and they had no choice but to be together. And uh, and I think that the, like I. I call them the old guards of Willamette Valley. Uh, I mean, are the reason why we are able to make what we do right now. They have been working really hard to establish and to show that there is so much potential and great things that can be done here. Uh, so it's like the, the respect towards that is over generation, uh, but also in the same time, looking at what's possible now and how things have been changing. So it's also, OK, how do we keep making great wine? Uh, sustainably and in the, for the future and for and starting planting vineyards for the future generation and uh, that's that's i think where i mean I'm, I'm i'm thinking a lot about that those days because when i look at at land or when i look at potential vineyard places or i'm looking in the eastern part of the valley i'm looking on the coast uh, i'm looking in places where right now you don't see any vineyard uh, but the projection we can see the forecast of like of how the seasons are going to be is definitely you know we had last year we peaked at 116 Fahrenheit here Uh, and 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 what's the most complicated is not necessarily if it's getting warmer or cooler but it's just like the more of the succession of those extreme like weather uh, events and I think that's global warming and that's climate change and we are lucky because we work with vines and are extremely resilient extremely resilient more than so many other plants, uh, and much more than human. Uh, but to, so we we can we can project ourselves in the future, uh, and it's just like it's always taking a bet because it's like okay, we're going to plant gamet, we're going to plant aligote, and it's just like well, I don't know what it's going to be in 15 years, but what I can do, and something I will focus on a lot when I start like, looking more deeply uh, or more like seriously about plantation, uh, it will be rootstock. It will be just making sure to have the vegetal material that can t- kind of like take. Just like all those changes that are happening. And, you know, for the longest time since I moved here, everybody was telling me, you don't have to worry about water in Oregon. And it's just like everybody was looking south in California, just like, oh, yeah, California drought, we've seen it. And it's just like, no, we have, Oregon is not like safe with water. And it's just like, it, It does change dramatically how you approach like vineyards as well. Uh, In Southern Oregon, there's a lot of vineyards that are irrigated. We're lucky up here, we don't need to. Uh, You see new vineyards getting planted with some irrigation, at least maybe for the first few years. So establishment is very important. So even if you remove it after, but making sure those roots are going deep and being established too, just like being more resilient again. Uh, So it's... uh, it's yeah. I think there is a, a collective knowledge and experience up here um, that like really appealed to me. Uh, but also seeing that I can have, I can make excellent Pinot Noir, uh, but I'm going to be able also to just like have other varieties that like uh, I'm, I think have a very good like potential up here like i mentioned like i love aligoté uh there's a vineyard we work with that just planted some aligoté uh, there is you know cabernet franc also is something you begin to pop i made some some syrah last year for a client from the van duser corridor It was, I mean, probably one of the best wine of the year, Uh, just like I I love, I like Northern Rhone, it was spicy, it was like low alcohol, just like very just elegant and not like rich and big. And and I was like, wow, I mean, this is amazing. I mean, we we can do that. and, And we are more in a place where we will be to, we will be able to craft like elegant, expression of Willamette Valley, And that's what I'm going after. I don't, I, 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 I want to carry on making great Pinot Noir, but I'm more and more after expression of Willamette. And like I mentioned earlier, the variety being the catalyst, it's just like, if it's like a great Cabernet Franc from Willamette Valley, it would be a great Cabernet Franc from Willamette Valley. Uh, And uh, And so I think this to me is very important because uh, we cannot just think about what we are doing in the short term anymore. Uh, we were never really able to, but more so now. It's just like we really have to think twice before we put vine in the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and we are lucky that people that have been making wine here for a long time and develop vineyard have been also developing and, and creating this enthusiasm for Willamette Valley wine for Oregon wine. So, so we have a, Oregon is, is always poking uh, uh, attention. And it's just like there is a, and when you see now who is moving to Oregon, it's also a very big, I mean, very big changes, a lot of French influence. I mean, from like, you know, the one back in 1987, I think. Uh, And after you had like Lafon that came and you have like uh, 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 Nicola J. Uh, there is like, I mean, a lot of people moving from California as well. Uh, You had like recently, I think it's Bollinger, like Champagne house that like uh, move in. And uh, so it's just like, it says something when you have so many people from, so many different places are just like coming and merging towards towards one region. Uh, it says about just like, yeah, everybody's seeing uh, a potential. Uh, but it's just like I, I think the, it, it's interesting because I'm a little bit less connected to Burgundy than I used to be, um, but I'm still connected to friends and like I have friends in different regions. And we talk and uh, they have now the challenges than we have had for a long time, the drought, uh, the frost. And, uh, and so it's, uh, it's, it's, the challenges are getting to be the same everywhere. So there is, no, there is no easy way. There was never an easy way. And like, I mean, if you think you are going to get in this business and being able to just like take it easy and that's, no, it's, it's never. But it's so, it's so stimulating too, it's just like, we always say to the people we hire for harvest, for example, it's going to be hard if you think you know what's hard rethink about it it's going to be hard it's just like nonstop and but at the same time it's extremely rewarding because you work out but and you see you are part of like this just like like um, ever going just like creative and just like i mean the, the if you are creative if you are looking for creative outlet it is definitely just the right thing uh, if you if you want to learn about yourself this is definitely the right thing too, because you go through the ups and downs between, I mean, in fermentation and during harvest, which is you know kind of the rush. Um, you're tired. You're just like you don't want to do it anymore. But there's so much adrenaline, and it's just like you know, you're in a few months. There's the no wine is made, and after you just fine tuning during aging. So it's just like it's so exciting, and that's what keeps me going. And I will not do anything else because I can. Spend time in the vineyard, uh, keeping just like, uh, like learning about like, the plants and, uh, and relearning and delearning to better be in touch and really see what's in front of my face. Uh, and, uh, and after, for the wine, it's just like we can always try. We can, there's always those little functioning, those little changes. As long as you are willing to say that, okay, we need to try, let's try it, let's be open. And as long as you keep this open mindset of just saying like, well, we tried that, that was maybe not the right thing. Uh, We'll try it again because, like I said, we have one shot per vintage. And what didn't work last year may work this year. Um, But uh, yeah, let's try, let's do it. Let's just like and retest and just like keep track of what we are doing. I mean, wine is this story and it's just like, it's like, it's like a history book and it's just like keeping notes of just like what happened when we harvested, uh, how was the fruit. And it's, uh, and it's for me also just like this like you know body and sensory like uh, history too because you you keep, I mean every year I'm getting better at like testing during fermentation, every year I'm getting better at being in the vineyard and you know like nailing the peak Uh, and it's just like and but like I mentioned I arrived I'm kind of a newbie here in the valley so I just like I've started working with those vineyards and to me it's just like it's hard to, it's hard to under five years That's my personal opinion. But to kind of really have like a a good grip on a site a good grip on the wine you make because throughout five years you are going to maybe have like a very hot vintage you are going to have a classic vintage you may have a very cold vintage probably have have some um, uh, disease pressure Uh, you may have like an early harvest a late harvest i mean there is like and you can begin to you need to go through the through the extremes and the different like end of the spectrum so you can actually create in your mind kind of an idea of what the average can be and after okay what are like something we are always going to do with those sites Mm -hmm. Uh, and after you, you adjust just like you keep bringing tools in your toolbox so you start at first with just like a a little toolbox you can just like go around by hand, and after you end up with a trailer with just like <laughs> just so many tools. But it's just like you always, and you know exactly where they are, you know, in which drawers they are, and you know when you need them. Mm-hmm. It's like the barrels. It's the same thing. It's just like well, we use this toast, and we'll use this cooper, we'll use a and versus a barrel, and uh, so it's uh, yeah, it's just it's a long. You keep just like I make always always like. F- list, list of things to do, list of things to, that need to happen and see. And my list keep begging, begging, being bigger. And so I'm organizing them. I'm getting better at putting them a computer and just like going through them. But it's like always, there's always those little details. And it's just like without being lost in the details, but keeping track of those details because thereafter, if you just like, it's looking at the big picture, I think. Uh, and I think that's, uh, that's also one of the most important thing you need to be able to take, to stop and just like look above or look from a distance at what you are doing. Because it's easy to have like a tunnel vision or just like biking and being like in like a handlebar and you don't see what's happening. And and I think it's just, uh, but it's just like so, Demanding that just like sometimes if you have to just do one thing at a time and just like looking on this like road, uh, but it's uh, it's like I, so when I was in high school I uh, took like uh, in France at the time which uh, because I, my nephew and nieces are going for high school now and I feel like I'm like an old guy because everything <laughs> changed. But like you are taking options and I had care, taken taken uh, social and economy. And I remember like uh, my teacher like showing us like this uh, drawing where, you know, you had this field of like uh, of flowers. And it's just like, he was like, well, right now, most of you are just like right here looking at just like, and, you know, from this high point making this triangle and you see only a part of the field and it's just like well we're going to work towards bringing you a little bit higher so you can have a better sense of the whole field and seeing all the beautiful pictures, the uh, flowers there is, having a better idea of what the big picture is. Uh, and, uh, and I had another teacher later on that kind of like really was on a mission to, to, to kind of like broaden our perspective. And I'm very grateful for that because now it's just like serving me like every day. It's just like you, you have to, to be able to be <coughs> looking at what you do, what you've done, where you're going. And kind of like always like, I always like to mention that like, I mean, my the way I feel when we make the wine, Uh, with John so it's like I always try to keep momentum always be moving always being a little bit ahead or like at least uh, having a little bit of a buffer so if something happens we are not like tight and we don't have to react or catch up Uh, and so trying to always think about the next step um, because we know there is so much we can have like uh, we, we can handle and we can also kind of like have control over mm-hmm. and i think it, it did happen and i think this probably happened to a lot of other winemakers too. our people making making wine and working in vineyards you go through i'm going to try to just like have everything under control and it's just like it is impossible It is just totally impossible. And it's just like, it's the best way to have a nervous breakdown and just like to just like quit. Um, But it's just like when you when you reach that and it's just like, okay, that's a uh, you are reminded that it's just like you have to also uh, trust. You have to uh, and you have to be try to be resilient, too. I mean, that's why I mean, I've and letting go. I think I'm I'm originally, my my personal personality always been to be like a planner. So I like to plan things. When I started making wine, I had to change that. (laughs) Uh, Organizing, yes, but like letting go for the best letting go and like not freaking out uh, because and giving an extra day to a ferment uh, going back in the vineyard and just like when you see disease pressure and just like okay what do we have what can we do just like what are the solutions how do we just like uh, how do we just like maintain how do we just like mitigate how do we stop that and so it, it is definitely and has been, has been a ride, uh, but, uh, and still is. But I think I'm a much better person out of today because of all of those things. I mean, every vintage has been bringing challenges. Uh, that was like, you know, I've, I feel grateful that um, I was able to, gra- to craft like so many great wines. Uh, and uh, in the last 10 years in Oregon, uh, it has been uh, from when I started at Del Rio and now here in Willamette Valley with John and with Groscho Sellars, Uh I'm really excited about what we have in the pipe too. I mean, uh, starting to also looking at the Columbia Gorge more and more uh, and looking at different varieties in the valley as well. Uh, and uh, like I mentioned, I always have my eyes in, in I always have an ear in Southern Oregon. A lot of people still i I know down there, and so i keep I make sure to keep track of what 's happening uh, because I have some places where right now it's just like field that potentially I want to plant vineyard uh, and uh, and that's another the other aspect of just like what 's happening right now uh, i <clears throat> been years that i'm like saying i'm going to start i'm going to start and you don't start and you're busy with other things and it's just like i said i'm a planner i want to have everything and it's just that sometimes like okay we need, you need to start because it's never going to start so i contracted i have like a contract with a grower uh, in the van duser corridor uh, at pamar vineyard where we're going to have the first crop of gamay this year so i will start with uh, i'm going to have a little bit of gamay under my own uh, brand uh, so it's called original wines, but with A U R I, so retaking. Because since I t- started traveling, not a lot of people can say my name, Aurelia. So I quickly went by Ori, and it's just like uh, I don't want to have something just like Domaine Aurelia Bos. It's just <laughs> that doesn't work for me, uh, and especially not here. Um, but I, I thought that just like after like thinking back and forth and and it's still on kind of the fine tuning, but there is a sense of, I mean, the origin, always a place of origin, the sense of place. We can call it our sense of place. It's the same to me. Uh, and after being original, also, the original approach, uh, and, uh, and so it will be kind of an umbrella under which I will... Um, just like make different wine that may be from Willamette that may be from our region but the focus is going to be Willamette uh, and uh, I want to make Pinot but to me it is just such a variety which is particular uh, that uh, I really need to find something that is exciting that is different and I'm going to start at a small label I don't want to put an extra just Pinot in like in the sea of Pinot Noir there is so it's just like I'll I'll be I'm going to wait and if there is an opportunity I will take it but that's not my focus right now I'm just trying to find just Pinot Noir mm-hmm. uh, like I said I just want I mean I have a few there's a few places that planted Aligote and it's just like I'll be interested like I, I love Chardonnay but it's again it, it's uh, I'll. I think I just prefer like I, I love burgundy Chardonnay uh, I, I have some friends here that are making delicious Chardonnay uh, but it's it's uh, it's this very particular neutral variety that just like when you have the right side can make extraordinary wines uh, I I don't even think that like I'm necessarily a, a great like Chardonnay winemaker uh, yet uh, and uh, and I think it's just like I I want to I want to carry on I want to have more experience within within I mean over vital but also I mean I I have mean I've made chardonnay for a while now but it's just like I'm never satisfied with the chardonnay I make that's kind of that's where we can pull it and it's just like maybe because I'm just too hard and I just like I want to I have an idea and a standard that I really want to reach and I kind of like I had some things that were close but like never like really close enough mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and so I, I, I think that like we're going to make this year some Chenin a little bit. I'm really excited about that uh, because I, I love Chenin from the Loire Valley and I love the acidity and, uh, and so I, I think I'll have more fun also just like with, with, uh, with a variety like this. Uh, I, think, uh, I think Chardonnay will come at some point and it may come under the sparkling form versus the steel form. Uh, I have, uh, so Jean-Michel from uh, Del Rio, I started uh, in 2015 his, uh, his uh, sparkling like label, like Maison Jussium And uh, we worked together, when he, because we are making it at Del Rio, so I, I helped him, and we worked on the first vintages together. And I mean, it, it is, so different it is so demanding it is so labor intensive but it's just like it's all about precision and transparency Mm -hmm. so it's just like you have to capture the essence and that's what's really interesting for me uh i like the you know, the old like ancestral way, like the, 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 what we call now, I mean, there's pet nut everywhere, but uh, the real petier naturel uh, where you just like start the fermentation and bottle before the end. Uh, I really like some of, I have some wines that I I always go towards because they are just like they are pure and they are precise, um, but they are just like also more, uh, first of all, affordable. And I think more people can access to this one. And that's something that I didn't mention yet, but this makes me think of that. This is one of the most important things to me. I want to make accessible wines. Uh, It's just like you can have this extremely nice bottle when there is an occasion when you want to celebrate, but if you like wine, I want to be able to make wine that you can buy a few bottles, you can buy a bottle, you can go back to it, and uh, and this has been also a draw with like uh, with John because uh, I think we are really on the same page, and he established like I mean his brand and like through the Commuter and his Willemette Valen. Most of the wines we are making, they are still accessible, uh, but and to me it's. Uh, it's the most challenging. It's the most challenging thing to do to make like affordable wine, but of great quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have a great site you really have to mess it up to make a, a, a bad wine. So it's just like, it's like, yeah, I mean, I can make a Grand Cru and it may be, may not be like from back home in Burgundy. And if I have access to one of these vineyards, it's just like, if it's not good, it's on me. And it's just 100% because it's just like, it's given. Uh, and and, uh, and you still need to know that like the terroir and being able to express, but it's more, much more challenging to make, uh, to make affordable wine where you have less buffer, I mean it's just like you try to be also trying to have we have the same approach from single vineyard to making our our Willamette Valley Uh, it's just like it doesn't change and that's something I do every time I don't often go to tasting home uh, but when I go and visit our region and I go tasting wine I always start by the cheapest wine. And I just like always and I go because you know you go and you just want to test like you know, If you say you're in the industry they will just get, get like those bottles and it's like well that's great it's, it's amazing but uh, it tells me a lot about just like what people are doing if there is just if the quality it's just like not uh, consistent. And that's what we are like shooting for with John it's just like from our like Uh, The most affordable wine we make to the single vineyards. It's just like you have to have this consistency Uh, The style I talked about earlier just like it's you have the same style It's just like well, someone are going to be just like to put in the fridge like uh, we have the convivial brand uh, And it's like slightly chilled and it's just like the wine is going to be brought on the table But it's not the center of attention. It's just like more about the conviviality and the experience and just like having food friendly wine, so you have food, you have just people around and you have wine. And it's just like the bottle is going to go from like people to people. And it's just at the end of the night, if the bottle is empty, I made my job right. Uh, And it's just like it, it's like myself, I just like go now and scavenge for just like trying to find the best value for money wines. And just like I I discover like there's so many wines. So it's just like I still, I find those like, um, those gold nuggets I'm just like, wow. This is amazing. And it's like, well, I mean, in some country, I mean, it's just like, it will be definitely more easy to make like a $15 bottle of wine. Uh, but I think we can. It's very challenging and more and more because grapes are getting more and more expensive. I mean, you've heard about like the supply chain issues like everybody had. It's just packaging is getting more and more, everything is getting more and more expensive, but it's uh, it's also finding those people, those growers, uh, and and, and having vineyards that like when we want to make like a lighter Pinot Noir fruit focused uh, which we are not necessarily looking at aging for 10 years we can have slightly higher yield because it's just like we don't necessarily are looking for Also, I mean you don't want the fruit to be extremely concentrated and, 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 and too, too concentrated, too intense because it defeats the purpose of the one you want to make so it's just like, it, it, it's, and that's something I know it can be just like kind of subversive because there was for a long time, like you need to be at one ton and a half, uh, one ton and one ton, two ton an acre. This is what you do. You need to stress the vines. And it's just like, I don't need, I don't think you need to stress the vine. The vine is a wild, like, plant that if you don't just like pull it, like you don't try to keep it in line, it's going to go like, I mean, when I was in Chile, we we had like those pies, those mission grapes, we were harvesting in in trees and they are just going 20 feet up. That's what they do. They want to propagate and they want just to reproduce. So it's just like, we already put like, kind of like, we keep them in rows or even if they are like in in goblet or just, we we keep them in a field where they are just like tied to each other. So we, we already, Stress them somehow. Uh, It's it's more like instead of stressing to me, it's about finding the balance and having balance and healthy plants. You know, if you have higher yield, you need to make sure you have a great canopy and you have like enough of vegetable around and and vegetation to be able to sustain higher yield. Uh, If you are, so it, it. it is not like a one way. Uh, you can You cannot look at viticulture also just like according to one way of making great wine, uh, one way of growing grapes. And some varietals are are going to just be willing. I mean, gamay always want to set so much fruit, uh, and so it's just like okay, it's like finding, yeah, finding the balance, knowing the vineyard, knowing like and, and looking at the vigor and all of this. So it's uh, it's always kind of a constant adjustments but uh, sometimes it's a battle because it's just like you you, you go against what the plant want to do which is just grow and grow and grow and it's just like well it's also going back to looking at vines as like an individual but part of a population and not looking at the vineyard block as just like vines it's like the soil it's it's like uh, your cover crop are you going to use a cover crop or not to mitigate vigor just like what's around there are we going to just like keep a cover crop are we going to remove it are we going to till or not Uh, the use of water also is like one of my big concerns in the vineyards Uh, so according to some sites also we have like this year we, we have a grower we, we did a we are doing a trial of stopping like mowing and doing like some crimping uh, trying to keep kind of a mulch and just like keeping more moisture uh, and like more more shadow so just the weeds are less growing so it's just but it's it's on a vigorous side where well, we are doing one block. It's like a, and, and it's just like the first year. Mm-hmm. So we were lucky to, to have the grower like being like full in and just like we are, we are doing that. I'm really excited about that. And just like those little thing we can do to kind of like achieve at the end uh, a better balance, which is going to be something good, especially, I mean, it's a winning, winning for the grower and for us winemakers. makers. Uh, it's just like it has to be finding this balance and the balance is, finding the balance of the vines uh, for making balanced wine, but it's always the balance between also the people that are involved into like the whole process uh, because we are looking at long relationship. Uh, if you want to make great wine, I think you always have to look in the future. So you ca- it cannot be just like a one year base, like kind of deal. Uh, and uh, and like also, you know, you're here to support each other in like in the tough year, like 2020, it's just like we were here, and uh, it's going to be a time when our growers are going to be here and say like okay, just like the yield are really low, just let's we'll see how we can make it work." Uh, so it is detrimental to to have uh, to have those uh, those relationships and uh, and I think that's something that at the end I saw also. A lot in the Willamette Valley. I saw like the strong relationship. I saw this community, and I saw the opening and being able to be part of something that is um, going to go far. Something where there is people that are the diversity of people we we have, and I mean I mean diversity by people coming from everywhere. Uh, the diversity in the wine industry is like still a work in progress otherwise and I think we're finally getting better uh, and uh, I mean it's much more diverse than back home in Burgundy uh, but uh, and it, it, it's changing a little bit more everywhere for the good and for the better uh, but yeah I, I think we, we have a, a collective uh, knowledge and collective experiences here that are just like the basis for just only getting better uh, and that's kind of like that's kind of the goal uh, also, and, uh, and being able to, to support more than just like the wine industry and the people in the wine industry are just a part of the picture. When I talk about community, it's like the broader community as well. Uh, and, and so that's uh, also, I mean, for me and my wife also, it's, it's something important when we, we moved up here, it's just like we want to be part of the community. And it's just like, if we stand, we're going to be here. For a long time so it's just like starting to like you know knowing start it starts with your neighborhood it starts with the person you work with and after st- trying to see how we can have a positive impact and i think if we all kind of look at it this way when the, the small things are slowly starting to be big things uh, and uh, and it's it goes through exchanges and communication and talking to each other too so um yeah, I'm talking a lot so it helps but uh it's just I don't have an issue with that. So it's uh and and now people can understand me better. So my, my English is getting better as well. Uh, but it's uh It's very good. Thank very you. Good.
1: <laughs> I I struggle with French accents and you're doing awesome. So let me let me ask you about you mentioned your new brand, uh-huh. original original wines. Yeah. Uh you mentioned starting with Gamay. Yeah. Tell me about uh sort of what are you thinking with the brand? What do, you, what do you want to get out of it? And what is kind of your, do you have a goal in mind or a kind of a,
2: a, 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 a accomplishment in mind? So original wines is <clears throat> is to me like, um, it's a start of something that, well, the starting of original wine, even if I didn't put it in words, was like when back in 08 when I started making wine and s- decided to, that I found something and it, through the years, I think it got, I saw how deep the connection was. And then and, and that's through the different year and through, especially my time in Oregon, I think. Uh, and when I was in Southern Oregon, it was like, I, I really, I really just like figured out that just like eventually that's how it's, it, it has to be for me to just close the loop uh, for just like, and doing, like I mentioned earlier, just, you know, starting with the vineyard and making the wine. Uh, and so original wine I think to me is going to be also a place uh, for me to really express what I have to express and about wine and about I mean it's wider than wine but I think to me it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, definitely a creative outlet uh, because <clears throat> it's uh, it's also it's like the painting of kind of like what I've been doing and what I'm after uh, I think it's going to me to me also this conduit for really expressing uh, what wine is about uh, and that's what I want to do being for example I, I always struggle with like words we're using when we talk about wine like quality like balance like you know uh, natural and stuff like this and that's one of the first thing i'm I'm going to do it's just like i have like i want to i I will have a glossary of just like if we talk about quality this is what i'm talking about about quality that's what i think quality is about so if we start the conversation at least we start with the base of knowing in which in which kind of exchange we are about and it's just like trying to redefine and yeah recreating the basis of kind of like what I'm going to do later on and it comes with like okay what 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 are my convictions Uh, what are the things I'm after I I want to support also because definitely I'm going to be working with growers and just like buying fruit and buying grapes before I get to plant Uh, and uh, and I want to support people that I think also are looking in the same direction uh, and want to be like of the community support the community. Looking at the vineyard and being like kind of more uh, maybe aware of the challenges that we have in terms of uh, resources. Uh, and uh, and you know, I, I I think I I, I would prefer and I, I, to support also if I could only have organic vineyard that would be great. But I I'm, I'm not I'm not I, I don't want to. to put like a, a stopping point in between conventional and, and, and organic or biodynamic uh, and more so between conventional and, uh, and organic. Uh, I, I do believe that and I've worked with people that are like conventional but uh, that are very much aware of what they do and trying to limit, limit their impact and it's just like and it's always a transition and it's always looking at uh, at not being I don't want to be dogmatic I mean the, of one thing with original one it's just like we forget about any dogma we're not here for judging we're not here to say like we are better than others or we are doing that and that's the right way to do it it's just like that's how we see it that's how we see it and that's like where we want to go uh, and uh, and so I I, I the intention and the attention is more into like the big picture again. Um, But like if you want to be, I I think it comes together because people I want to work with are going to If we work together, that means that we are looking in the same direction, like I just said. And so looking at the same direction looks at potentially looking at having organic vineyard because in the making and in how you are going to handle, it is kind of like the the chart for just going this way. Uh, But it's just like I'm very interested also in, in partnering with people that are in transition, that are maybe just like saying like we've been doing it like this for like years. But it's just like we see it, we, we can't carry on this way and it's just like, and I think I have my experiences in Vineyard also and through my career I can I can help and, and, and I, I want to be part of this transition. If I can help and be part of that and just like if we can work on solutions to just like change a little bit the way to just like doing and making things. Better for the vineyard, but it's also better for the people. It's just like making it safer, making also just making sure like the people that are working the vineyard are like in great condition, uh, paying also the fruit like paying having fr- having fruit and having 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 a value that is just allows for just like making a living and making just like a making a good living too, uh, and uh, and so all of those, those little things are things that I think I, I really want to focus on because. The wine, I, I don't know what it is going to be. I mean, this Gamay I'm going to get this year. It's a first year of production. I'm going, it's going to take me years before I can really see where it's going and what is the potential. And so the, the wine is going to hap, hap, happen by itself. Uh, and I, I have an idea of what kind of Gamay I want to make. I, I, I really like Beaujolais and we are in Willamette. We are not in Beaujolais. And uh, It's like I'm from Burgundy and I'm in Oregon. I'm not trying to make Burgundy Pinot Noir here. Or Beaujolais Gamay, uh, but I uh, I want to try to make like Gamay that are more like not necessarily. There's a lot of like you know the carbonic maceration, the very just like fruit forward also, and uh, and I love I love that, but I I want to make ageable Gamay, uh, but refreshing also. So it, it's also you know I I've. Been back and forth and looking and making a little bit of game also, like more here and there. And, and starting with John, we make we make a little bit of game, and it's just like I've been kind of fine tuning also. And like I, I think I, I will have different game. That's I will have like just like the very um, easy going, accessible game. And through the years, through the making, it's just like at some point I will see which site or I will see maybe a part of this, like the the part of the vineyard. The vineyard I'm working with for this year, I have like three different clones. And it's just like, uh, there is hundred feet of difference of elevation between the top and the bottom of the vineyard. So it's just like already here. I mean, it's just like through the years, I just mean, like, oh, maybe this clone really f- fit better or the fruit that is coming. It's just like, has like more what I'm, I want to express. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'll, uh, the, the making of the wine is, is the easy part, <laughs> selling the wine. And I've learned that early on is, is really, really complicated too. I mean, it's a competition has, has never been that like like uh, high. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the thing is, I know I can't compete with somebody who is making five, 10,000 cases of wine and just like uh, was like all the marketing dollars I don't have. And then so to me, I take it also as an opportunity because I don't, necessarily want to go this way. And it's just like looking at, okay, and just having more of like the, the 101 to start because I will be small enough to be able to do that. But just like try to bring people and uh, that are going to want to talk and, and do this exchange and being part of this project somehow by supporting me and supporting the wines I'm going to make uh, and kind of like, yeah, going for the style and not for the fashion that's that's for sure Uh, but it's just like it's just a start and there is still a lot of things that are kind of like bubbling uh like yeah fermentation uh (laughs) it's kind of the cheesy comparison but that's kind of like pretty much where it is right now so so it's just like i i wanted to start with some fruit i think I, i could have had more fruit this year but i was i was yeah has been a has been a long year also and just like very you know busy year so i didn't want to just start and just have too much it's important to me also and i th- Think in the what I want to do to start small and go step by step, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and we'll come to white. We, uh, I will work with white. I, I want to make white wine, but white wine to me are rec- requiring more establishment. You need you know like more con- temperature control. You need uh, it's like different tanks, more tanks. It maybe just more expensive. Also, red wine to me is probably easier to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we will get we'll slowly and maybe we'll see the game this year if like i see like i don't feel like i can really make like the kind of red wine i i i want to or the what i can do and just like maybe i'll make a game rose and uh and so we'll start with that so it's uh i don't uh and especially working with a new vineyard it's just like um there is nothing we know we are just like we are just just learning and it's just starting so that's uh but that's exciting to be to be part of a new vineyard just like of the first crop and just like i have like this fruit for contracted for three years for now Uh, and uh and so this is to me also a good starting point because it's just like i can be my brand will start. My project will start with like this gamay and like as a part of other ones I will be making. But like we are starting with a brand new vineyard in a place where I'm very excited, the Duser corridor. Uh, and so that uh, that 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 is totally in line with what I was saying earlier about trying to think future and seeing like you know it's always later, it's always cooler. Uh, and uh, and I think that's just like where I want to be because eventually no matter what that's already the, some of the wines i make and the wine i make with john it's just like we we want this freshness mm-hmm. and it's just like we are on the same page uh, on that and for original wines so it's going to be like those this same kind of like of a. Uh, of definition for the, for the wine. It's just like, uh, this one you just want to come back to, just you grab a glass and I want to be able to make a wine also you can have a glass and have a second one. And it's just like, not like so intense and it's just, uh, it, it needs to be refreshing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, our original wine is still on the, I would say it's on the starting block. My shoes are on. And, uh, and it's just like I'm, I'm on the starting line and it's just like uh, this year is going to be just like, yeah, kind of fine-tuning the starting block mm-hmm. and making sure the shoes are the good one, And after next year, we'll just like probably go for the race full on.
1: <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. That's all the questions that I have for you. Uh, anything we, I should have asked that I didn't, anything we didn't cover that we should have covered here today?
2: Uh, there is just maybe... I should say a few words about Oregon in general, because sure. uh, just to maybe to, to wrap up. Uh, so I've been here like for 10 years. A few days ago, <laughs> uh, Happy anniversary. Thank you. And so I spend most of the time in Southern Oregon, but I've been like aware and in the making of some of the wine up here in Willamette since like you know 2012. Uh, and uh, and I think I'm. I mean, yeah, that's 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 home for me and my wife. Uh, and, uh, and I think it's a really exciting region. I mean, we'll, I just love Oregon in general. Uh, I love being in Southern Oregon for the mountains, for like being in like those little valley and just like being like higher altitude and, uh, and being just uh, also uh, in this just like spirit of pioneering. And, and I, think, uh, I think if there is one thing in Oregon we have, we still have this pioneer. Mindset that is just like just a great starting place for making great wines, uh, and it's a great place to live, and it's a great place to just make wine and just do the job like we love. And I think that uh, the potential is just like so much more than we think it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about being part of like the Oregon Oregonian community. Mm-hmm.
1: Fantastic. Uh, well, congr- again Congratulations, 10 years here. Thank you. Congratulations on getting your brand, getting started. And uh, thank you so much for taking your time today to share your story with us and the host us here at this this beautiful place. We'll let you off the hook.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. And thank you to all our supporters, partners, donors, and interviewees who have helped make our project a success. Be sure to check out our website at OregonWineHistoryArchive.org for more interviews, photographs, wine labels, and more. And stay tuned for more interviews as we tell the story of Oregon wine. The Oregon Wine History Archive podcast is brought to you from the Oregon Wine History Archive at Linfield University with a very special thank you to all the Linfield Archive students who have contributed to these oral history interviews over the years.